exciting? Not, how many how many's excited to go to church? We ought to be excited because we got the freedom to go to church. A lot of countries today don't have this freedom. A lot of countries today are locked up and locked in because they're saying you don't go. And people are being arrested all over the world. I mean, all over the world. I'm not, we're not talking about just in uh, China and, and those places like that, but we're talking about Indonesia, India, uh, Africa. I mean, all over the world, people don't have the freedoms that we have right here today. Thank God we still have freedom. And we're going to keep this freedom as long as God allows us to. Amen? And as long as we call on the name of the Lord, I believe God's going to be with us and honor that for the freedom that God's given us. We've been talking to you about the end times. And I tell you, it's pretty evident that we're living in the end times. Uh, I mean, you can't really look too far without realizing Jesus is coming soon. Amen? And uh, that's not just a cliche. That's something that we believe. I believe that God promised this. This is promises from Jesus himself. I will come again, he told him. And I believe that we're, go- we're in that generation that's going to see the coming of the Lord. I really do. And I want to read a verse of Scripture in 2 Peter 3, verses 1 through 4. Peter was talking concerning the promise of Christ coming here. And he said, Beloved, now I wish, I, I, I write to you this second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lust, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Now, you know, they, they, they faced the same devils we face today. The apostles did. There were, there were people that said, well, where's that promise of the coming of the Lord? This is some time ago, almost a couple thousand years ago, maybe 1,500 years in some cases for some of the apostles and stuff when they were writing these things. But we, we need to understand Jesus is still coming soon. I mean, what is soon? Thousand years is as one day, and one day is as a thousand years. I heard about that man that went up to the Lord and said, "Lord, I gave this money, and I'm expecting the hundredfold return on this, and so I, I want to know when I'm going to get it." And the Lord said, "In just a second, y'all didn't get that yet, have you?" One day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. Amen. So the Lord just said, just a second. Amen. Well, you'll think about it laugh on the way home. I know I'm corny sometimes, but uh, you have to blame my daddy for the corny stuff. Amen. <laughs> but you know, a lot of times we can say something about the coming of the Lord. He could come now just any time. And some people will make statements to this effect. And you've heard him make this statement. I've heard that all my life. And he hasn't come yet. 
I'm afraid that's the attitude of a lot of people today that are, and I'm just going to use the term backslid, and out of fellowship with God. And they're not in fellowship in church anywhere because they said, well, I've heard that stuff all my life. And that's true. We've heard it. I've heard it ever since I could remember understanding it. I've heard it. But you know what? That just means that we're that much closer. And if we'll, as we look at scriptures today, we're going to see how much more closer we are to the coming of the Lord. And God's going to do it. But to us that are saved, <laughs> how many faith you're saved? How many knows you're saved? But to us that are saved, there's no better subject to talk about. The coming King. The coming of the Lord. Him taking us with Him. There's no better thing to talk about than all of that. And and it literally thrills our... Listen, it, it ought to make you excited. Did you know I've heard people through the years, even when I pastored in other places and traveling, preaching and, and everything, and you talk about... You're going to talk about the coming of the Lord or preach on it that night or something like that. And you tell them ahead of time. And some of them say, well, I'm not coming. I've heard that all my life. I've heard it all my life. Well, you know what? We're probably going to hear it till the day the trumpet sounds. But you see, the thing is, Jesus is coming soon. And this is what we've got to understand. He is coming soon. And this is our blessed hope. How many glad you got a hope? We don't have a religion that doesn't give us no hope. Some religions out there don't give you any hope. There's no hope. It's just a religion. It's man's religion. It, it, it's things that you do, you, you know, penance and all these things, you know, that you got to do. Listen, that's not bringing nothing about. You can do all the penance you want until you get it right in your heart. You don't have the forgiveness of the Lord there. Amen? We, we have to believe in our heart. Believe in our heart. That's what I try to tell people all the time. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you'll be saved. You've got to believe in your heart. It's not just coming to church, being baptized. There's a lot of people that's baptized a sinner and they come up a wet sinner is all it amounts to. You need to understand what water baptism is. Listen, water baptism does not save anybody. It's only symbolic. And it's in, out of obedience to what Jesus taught and what the disciples taught. It's out of obedience to the Lord. And yet at the same time, I believe it can be a great spiritual experience in water baptism. I've seen people come up, uh, receive the Holy Ghost right in the water baptism service. Amen. I, I've seen people come up that had sickness in their body and they come up healed. Uh, it's just, you know, nobody prayed for healing, but it's theirs. And they, when you understand what water baptism is, it's, it's being identified with Christ. Identified with Him. And there's a spiritual circumcision that goes on. When, if you're baptized in faith, there's a spiritual circumcision. The sin of flesh has been cut away. Praise God. And now we're not dominated by sin. We're dominated by faith in God. And by the righteousness of the Lord. And what God's done for us. But Jesus is coming. Look at Titus 2 verse 13. Looking for that blessed hope. And the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. That's Titus 2 13. And then Paul said over in Timothy. 
Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. I want to tell you something. Church is more than just going to church and having a social club. <laughs> church is more than just going together and, 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 and sitting there, you know, telling your last escapade you had, you know. Amen? Now, I believe in fellowship, and I believe we need to fellowship and talk. Amen? There's nothing wrong with talking and reminiscing and, and things like that. I, I don't understand what I'm saying this morning. We're not. But what I'm saying is we've got to come to that point which we realize that this is something that is good. Amen? Remember the words that were spoken before the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there, would be, there should be mockers in you at the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. We're living in the last days. I've never seen so much uh, false doctrine and teachings that's coming forth. This woke movement, y'all heard of that, that in the news, woke, W-O-K-E, it, it, it's anti-God. It's anti-family. It's anti-establishment. It's really just communism and communistic beliefs. No belief in God. And they have infiltrated our schools, kindergartens, schools, high schools, junior highs, colleges, universities, and even seminaries. Now, I can get you the proof on that. And I, When I say seminaries, I'm not talking about just some big, cold, denominational seminary. I'm talking about full gospel seminaries. The woke movement has infiltrated in these areas. And we've seen the results of the woke environment and infiltration that's happened in many churches around the nation today because they don't preach the cross. They don't preach being crucified with Christ. All they preach is do, do good. And you'll make it. Well, you know what? I know a lot of sinners that do good things and they're good people. But if they're not born again, they're not going to make it. You must be born again. And that's what the Bible says. And, and I don't judge people. If somebody comes up and tells me they're saved, I'm not going to judge them. But you know what? I'm going to help them grow in that knowledge of what's happened to them. So that God can help them shed some of the fleshly things in their life. So they can be overcomers in their life. Amen? I believe God wants us to walk in overcoming life. And be overcomers in this thing. But, uh, we, 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 listen, things are certainly different today. But there's one sign that I want us to, we've we got to keep our eye on this. This is one significant sign of the promise of his coming. is the fact that the Jewish people live and rule and reign in Israel, the land Israel, as it was prophesied in the Old Testament. That is from God. So I said, what sign do I look for? You look at Israel. Israel is the key to Bible prophecy. Israel is the key to all of the things that we believe in. And as we begin to see what had happened from the time of the Babylonian captivity in about 606 B.C. 
Remember when they went into Babylonian captivity? The, Israel did because of their rebellion, because of their disobedience to God, because of their defiance of God's commands and all that. They went into captivity in 606 until May 14, 1948. They didn't have a place to call home. The Jews did not have a homeland all this time. That's why the Germany had so many Jews in it and all of those other uh, uh, nations over there. They had Jews infiltrated in there and they were living. They didn't have no place called home. What would we as Americans be like if we could not be in America? And they took us out, and just we were just everywhere all over the world, but didn't have no place called home. Israel didn't have no place called home. They didn't have no place physically that they could say, this is my land. But you know what God did? See, God keeps his word. God's a, God is faithful. God keeps his promises, and he'll do it. But until May 14, 1948, they lived in the land from time to time, but it was not under their control all this, they were in the region a lot, but they did not get control of it. Actually, till after the war, May of 1948, they, re they received the grant that they could have it, and they had that little bitty spot. How many's ever, how many's ever seen Israel? I've been to Israel. I went to Israel after the Six-Day War, and they'd expanded it a little bit, you know, and they gained some territory back. But Israel, just when you look on the map, it's just a little bitty spot on the map all before that, and then it kind of grew a little bit. But you know what? It's not over with yet because God promised them some boundaries that they're going to get real soon. And you watch it. And you watch it. Listen, Israel is the key to the coming of the Lord. Israel is that key to the coming of the Lord. We need to keep our eyes on Israel at all times. But God is doing what it's, you know, we just need to understand what God's doing. Amen? It's a dangerous world out here. How many knows we're living in a dangerous world? I want to read the scripture in 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 5. Christians should not be alarmed because the Lord has shown us these things already. So we should be alarmed. How many know when you watch the news and go, Oh, my Lord! Oh, huh, huh. We should not be alarmed. <laughs> God said these things are going to happen. And so we need to understand that these things are going to happen. But look what it said in 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 5. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Well, how many believe we're in perilous times? So that means we've got to put the first part of that. In the last days, perilous times will come. And men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, Boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Now listen, this is getting to be a real epidemic in America today. Disobedience to parents. No respect for authority or parental authority whatsoever. Why? Because the devil's infiltrated, even in the schools, kindergartens, all the way up, even, even preschool. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they've infiltrated. And, and, and now then they can determine whether they want to be an it or a he or a she. I thought it was determined when we were born. That's what I thought. You know, 
<laughs> but unthankful. Hmm. Nobody's seen nobody unthankful, have they? Unholy. Unloving. Well, there's a lot of UNs in front of these words. Unloving. Unforgiving. Unforgiving. Uh-oh. Well, we can sit here and talk about an hour and a half on unforgiveness. That's not only in the world. That's in the church world. We've got to learn how to forgive. Forgiveness wipes the slate clean. Somebody said, well, I'm going to forgive you, but I ain't going to forget it. Aren't you glad God didn't do us that way? Well, there wouldn't be a one of us left in here this morning. Amen? What, what if God said, well, I forgive you, but I want you to know I don't forget it. Well, my Bible said he casts it in the sea of forgetfulness. As far as the east is from the west, never to remember it against us anymore. I've I, I been in preachers' conferences, you know, and <clears throat> speakers at them, and, and some of the preachers get together after church, you know, and, and they would go out and eat, and, and they'd say, well, you know, now, well, you see that brother over there? Well, you know, he, he's a good preacher, but I tell you what, he messed up about ten years ago. And I tell you, you know, they, they, don't, they don't realize, they don't realize that that preacher repented. He wept in front of his congregation. He wept in front of people that knew him. And he asked forgiveness. Listen, those people that he wept with, they forgave him. But a lot of people say, well, don't forget. I know what he did. You Watch him. Watch her. You know what? Remember when you point one finger, you got three of them pointing back at you. Amen? And you know what I found out? I found out, and this don't have nothing to do with my message this morning. <laughs> I found out I'm going to watch that person that's always pointing the finger at other people. Because <laughs> they're going to turn around pointing at you one day. Amen? Well, that's, that's enough method. Let's go and preach. But anyway, he said, let's go on. He said, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, and lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but deny its power, and when such people turn away. Yeah. Loving pleasure. Well, I'll tell you what, I remember, I, I, didn't, I didn't realize this, because this first church I pastored in, and uh, Super Bowl Sunday came, and I had some of my lame men come to me and said, now, Brother Clarence, uh, we're not going to be there Sunday, and you just need to realize that every year on Super Bowl Sunday, we're not there. We're having a party at my house if you want to come over. I said, no, thank you. No, thank you. Football's not going to come between me and God. I love good sports. I love to watch good games. Amen? I mean, I've said a lot of that. But you know what? It's not going to take the place of God. Sports has become a God to some people. Amen? I don't know why I said that, but anyway, it's out there. 
but having a form of godliness, but denying his power, and from such people turn away. I want you to look at Israel. The ancient dispute between Israel and Ishmael is in the headlines of the news today. And Ishmael, remember Ishmael was the child that Sarah told Abram. He said, she said, now, I can give you a child, but go ahead and come into my maid here and, and have a child. So Abraham did it, and Ishmael was born. Now, he was the seed of Abraham, but it wasn't the promised seed of Abraham. But Ishmael was born. I'm sure Abraham loved him. I'm sure that Sarah gained a love for him also. Hagar, the mother. But you know, one day, Sarah decided she couldn't take it no more. And she said, get out! And just put him, uh, the boy, and, and her, uh, the Hagar out, in, just out on their own. But you know what? God spoke because he was the seed of Abraham. God spoke concerning Ishmael that he would be a mighty man in the earth. Now God spoke that. But then God in Genesis later on when Abram had an encounter with the Lord and the Lord spoke and told, uh, told him that Sarah was going to have a child. Well actually the angels came to their house after, after Abram had had. Uh, cut covenant with the Lord and he had cut covenant with God out there and when God God came down and walked amongst the carcasses of the sacrifice that was there when he was cutting covenant with him and God made covenant the Abrahamic covenant that we see today the Abrahamic covenant that literally became a spiritual covenant for us as believers because Jesus he became that sacrifice and God, the, the God of Abraham is our God today. Amen? Jehovah God. The blessings of Abraham have been passed on down to even the church today. We can take hold of that promise and believe God. And that was the whole key about Abraham. He believed God and was accounted unto him for righteousness. And God began to bless him. And Abraham's blessings, we used to do a little song, Abraham's blessings are mine. Abraham's blessings are mine. I'm the head, did not the tail, from above and not the tail. All those little kids love to do that. I'm the head, and not the tail, you know. And from, I'm, uh, you, you know, but the blessings of God are ours. The abundant blessings of God are ours. Abraham's blessings are ours. And all eyes are watching the Middle East and the, and the culmination of the ancient dispute. This, is, this dispute's been going on for years since Ishmael when out of the camp of Abram, they have always been against the seed of Abraham, Isaac, the promised child. It's always been this way now, and it's and we're seeing it more and more. These countries that are involved in all of this stuff against Israel, they're they're from they're from they're, they're Ishmaelites. They're from Ishmael. That they're, they're, they're descendants from Ishmael, and all of these countries are all descendants of that. Ishmael was not the covenant child, but the seed of Abraham was to be born to him and Sarah. And that's exactly what happened. And thank God. The plan of God is more important than any plan of ours. I want to tell you that. 
God's plan for our lives is more important than anything we can plan out for our own lives. I know some people say, well, I've got my life planned out, this, 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 this. And you know what? It doesn't ever happen like this, 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 this. Because God's got a different plan. God's got a different plan. I wanted to be a baseball player when I was growing up. I had an opportunity to go to a training camp right there in Fort Worth, right out of Fort Worth, Texas. And uh, I, I think it was the, uh, uh, I think it was Baltimore Orioles were having a training camp or something there. And uh, I wanted my dad to take me. He said, son, now I'll play ball with you. We'll go out here and play ball and you get on a little league team, but I'm, I'm not taking that training camp. He said, because you're called to preach. Well, I was. I was 15 years old at that time, 16, something like that. And I already knew I was called to preach. And I'd already preached in youth, youth services. And he said, but you're called to preach. You can't do that. Anyway, God's plan is bigger than ours. Amen. I'm glad I didn't become a multi-millionaire contract player for the ball game. Hallelujah. I'd rather be doing what I'm doing. Preaching the gospel. Seeing people's lives change. Amen. But God spoke of Ishmael. Genesis 16, the angel of the Lord said unto her, Hagar, behold thou art a child, thou shalt bear a son, shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard thy affliction. He will be a wild man, his hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him, and he shall dwell in the presence of his brethren. Now, God already knew what was going to happen with Ishmael and all of this thing. But let me say right here, God knows when that day will be. God knows everything. God knows all about us. And we need to understand when the fullness of time, look at Galatians 4, verses 4 through 7. When the fullness of time has come, God sent forth his son. Born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you're sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you're no longer a slave, but a son, and of a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Hallelujah. We're sons of God. Can you say amen? Now, I've said all that to say this, the coming of the Lord and the rapture of the church is very soon. This is a serious thought. Because there's a lot of people not ready for it. There's a lot of church people that's not prepared for it. I'm afraid there's a lot of church people, if it came down to the nitty gritty, and if they come in and say, we're going to take your head, or you renounce God, I'm afraid because a lot of them are not dedicated to God now, they would just say, well, I've just denounced God. Yeah. And repent later. Yeah. Amen? But listen, God's, God, we need to understand the coming of the Lord is upon us. And we cannot predict the exact time. Nobody can predict the exact time. Do you hear anybody says they know the exact time, the day, and all that? Nobody knows that. Only God himself knows that time of the Lord. And, uh, you know, a lot, for, for hundreds of years, men, supposedly prophets, have, prof, supposedly prophets have prophesied in error. Now, I don't, I, I've heard some men of God prophesy some things that at that time I think they really thought that it was the truth. 
But it wasn't a word from God. It was a word from their heart. And they were going by what they seen and what they felt. And, and I, I, I'm not faulting them because many of them have come back and said, hey, I was wrong. And, you know, and, and, uh, but, you know, there are false prophets out there also. But we need to understand that the coming of the Lord is coming soon. No man can predict the time. If you hear a preacher that can predict the day and the time, I'd get out of there as quick as possible. Because no man knows the day or the hour or the time when Jesus is coming. Only the Father in heaven. And he's going to say, go down, son, and get them now. Hallelujah. So thank the Lord. The coming of the Lord is very near. And uh, look at Matthew 24, verse 3. This is talking about Jesus sitting up on the Mount of Olives. The disciples came unto him privately saying, Tell us, uh, when shall these things be? And Jesus said, But that day and hour knows no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Only God knows. Only God knows. Only the Father knows. Amen. And Jesus is waiting on his Father to say, Go get them. Only the Father knows. That's what the Bible says. That's what Jesus said, right? And so we need to understand that. But God's got everything under control. He's going to send Jesus back at the exact time that he's supposed to be here. Now, we know the seasons. We know when a storm's coming, you see the clouds brewing, right? Now, we've got all this radar technology on the news. My wife loves to watch Scott. On Channel 11. You know, she thinks Scott hung the moon. But, and he is a pretty good weatherman. He puts a little flavor to it, you know. But, you know, the thing is, only God knows. We, we know the season by the signs, but we don't know the exact day. We don't know the exact moment. And that's why we have to be prepared and we have to be ready for the coming of the Lord at all times. Hebrews 10.37 says, Yet a little while, he that shall come will come, and we will not tarry. One day, God's not going to tarry. He's going to come and do what he said he would do. And listen, when he, when he does, you ever remember that old game we used to play as kids? Ready or not, here I come. I'm going to tell you something. God said, ready or not, here I come. Jesus is coming soon. But we don't know the time, nor the hour, nor the day. All we know is when it happens, it's going to happen just like that. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. <laughs> That's how fast it's going to happen. God's going to do what he said he would do. And so, listen, God has a set time in the tribulation to bring destruction upon this earth with his judgment. God's going to bring judgment upon this earth. We're going to get into it a little bit later, but the great day of the Lord is God's wrath upon this earth. Remember what Paul said? God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through Christ. The wrath of God is going to come upon this earth. 
in such fury. It, it, and it's talked about in the book of Revelation. We're going to get into it just a little bit, not this morning, but uh, a, a little bit later. But listen, the wrath of God is, we're not going to point into that. Church isn't going to be here when God's wrath comes upon this earth. <laughs> we're going to be gone. Somebody said, well, when's that going to happen? There's all kinds of thoughts. Some pre-trip, some mid-trip, some post-trip, you know. I, the main thing is, Jesus is coming soon. In a time when you don't expect it, in a time when we're not aware of, the Lord is going to come. Because God has a set time. And only God has that time. And right now, the Lord's allowing the vine of the earth to ripen for harvest. And we're going to see it. Uh, look at Revelation 14 for just a moment. I know there's a lot of scripture here, but uh, I can get you the notes if you want them later. But I looked, beheld, a white, uh, behold, a white cloud, and up on the cloud one set like unto the Son of Man, have it on his head. Revelation 14, verse 14 through 19. A golden crown in his hand and a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crowned with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud. Thrust in thy sickle and reap, for the time has come for thee to reap. The harvest of the earth is ripe. And he that sat in the cloud thrust in his sickle in the earth, and the earth was reaped. Another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven. He also had a sharp sickle, and another angel came out from the altar, which had power over fire, and cried with a loud cry to him that had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in thy sharp sickle, gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. And the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth, and gathered the vine of the earth, cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. Now, this isn't the rapture here. This is talking about the, the wicked ones. This is talking about those that are not uh, in covenant with God. These are those that have blasphemed. Listen, in the end time, men are going to give their hearts over to Satan. Just like Christians give their heart over to God. Amen? In the end time, we're going to see more and more men and women giving their hearts over to Satan. Now, this is happening all over right now. There's people getting involved in witchcraft. There's people getting involved in, in sorcery. There's people getting involved in these things. And they, they think it's a game at first, but it's not a game. They've opened the door not only to play a game, but they've opened the door for the devil to come and do his game on them. And they're possessed. I believe with all my heart we've got a lot of leaders in positions in cities and states and in our nation today. They are possessed with the devil. They're demonic. There's no hope for some of them. Some of them have already crossed over in their, in their minds and in their hearts and with their hearts. Listen, I tell you what, they mock God in our Congress every day. Every day they mock God. Leaders that you would think, they need to know better than that. But they're mocking God. Why? They've opened the door to the devil. Why? Because they want just a little power. And what little power they get is only for a very short time. Because there's only one person going to have the power. That's going to be the Antichrist one day. And he'll, he'll have all the power. And, and I want to tell you something. People are going to want to come back. But when they call, there's a line you cross over you can't get back. Amen? Some people don't realize that. Some people say, well, i got time, i got time, i got time. No, you don't. One day you're going to go too far and you can't get back. Amen. But thank God for the power of the Lord. Can you say amen? amen. But this takes place 
in the last half of the tribulation. But we that are saved will not be here because we're raptured out according to the fourth chapter of Revelation. I believe the, the coming of the Lord, the rapture of the church, precedes all of the wrath that's going to come up on the earth. Remember what Paul said? God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through the Lord. Amen. We've not been appointed to the wrath of God upon this earth. God has another place for us. We're going to be with Him. Because we're going to come back with Him. So in order to come back with Him, we've got to be somewhere first, right? And the church is going to be somewhere, and it's going to come back with the Lord to, to do the things that God's going to do upon this earth. Amen. But, well, anyway, Revelation, you, you need to read some of that. And uh, all the things that's going to happen here. But when the white throne judgment comes, that's all the lost souls is underway. The world will be destroyed with fervent heat, according to the word. Now, I saw a great white throne. Look at Revelation 20, verses 11 through 15. I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from those from whose face the earth and the heaven uh, fled away. And there was also, there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of, the, uh, uh, of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead uh, which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whatsoever was not found, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. That's Revelation 20, 11 through 15. Somebody said, well, I've never heard no preaching like that in a long time. Well, that's because preachers are not preaching this. They're not preaching the gospel. We need to understand what's going to take place. I went to a church to preach one time and the preacher got me in the, in, the, in the office. He said, now, Brother Clarence, he said, I know, now you're, 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 you're your daddy's son. I know that. My daddy was, he was a preacher. He didn't miss no word with it. And he preached. People got saved. And he said, but you know, we're, we're, we're not as fanatical as that no more. I said, really? He said, yeah, so we're just going to, we kind of, Tame it down a little bit, you know. We, we don't want to hurt people's feelings. <laughs> Paul didn't mind hurting their feelings. <laughs> Jesus didn't mind hurting feelings. Amen? When I say hurting feelings, I'm talking about preach the truth. Preach the truth. Speak the truth. Speak the word. We need to hear the word. I don't, want, I don't want to get to heaven one day and somebody shake their finger in my face and say, Brother Clarence, you should have told me I'm going to hell because of what you said. Or what you didn't say. Amen? Listen, we have a job. You as believers have a job. We as Christians have a job. Somebody says, well, I'm not a pastor. Yeah, you are. If you're a if you're the husband and the head of the household, you're the pastor of that household. You've got a job to speak the word of God. You've got a job to speak the word of God to those children. Amen. And, and some of us have responsibility for our grandchildren. We need to speak the word of God to them. Why? Because they're in our care for a purpose. 
And the word, I thank God for Sherry. I'll tell you what, I, I have to tip my hat to her all the time. She, you never know she's going to have three or 16, you know. <laughs> but you know what? She puts the word in them, too. And I tell you what, those little girls, they mine. They, they love Brother Ferris, but they know I make them mine, too. But they love me. In fact, one of them is going to sing a special with me one day. Amen. We was up here one night. She was up there just to sing. I was on the piano. She was on my lap. I was playing, and she was just singing right along with me on every word. I said, wow. <laughs> and it sounded pretty good, too. I told her, so we're going to do a special one day. So we're going to do that, Sherry. After you get her here to practice with me. Of course, she probably don't need no practice. I do. <laughs> Amen. But listen, the great tribulation is coming. We're, we're, we're still talking about the coming of the Lord here, the second coming and what God's going to do. But we need to understand these things that's in the book of Revelation so we'll understand what the Lord is saying. The great, great white throne judgment is coming. It's underway. But look at what it said in uh, the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Which the heaven shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat and the earth also and the works. Amen. It's going to come like a thief in the night. The coming of the Lord. And we're, we're not to, true believers, in, uh, because the Lord's got everything, we're not to worry about all this because the Lord's got everything under control. How many believe God's got it under control? If, if you worried, you're going, to go, you're going to go to heaven a lot faster. Amen. But if you don't worry, just put it in God's hands. Let the peace of God rule your heart and understand what's happening. Understand what's going on. And when the Lord says, come on up, we're going to come on up. If we have to go through some things, we're going to go through it with the grace of God. Whatever it is. Listen, we're not exempt from any tribulation. When I say tribulation, I'm talking about persecution. We're not, we're exempt from the great tribulation which is God's wrath upon this world, but we're not exempt from tribulation in this world and persecution in this world. We're not, Americans, listen, America has been privileged. America has been blessed not to have a foreign government come in and take over. A lot of these little countries over there have been invaded, taken over by these communistic dictators, dictatorships and people that were... Uh, didn't believe in God, didn't want nothing to do with God, and they've taken them over. They're not, they're not as blessed. But we're blessed. We need to count ourselves blessed. Even though America has been backsliding for a long time, away from the principles, away from the Constitution, away from the things that we were founded on, we're still in the best place in the world right now. Because we still have a freedom to preach. We still have a freedom to do what we're doing. For how long? I don't know. <laughs> but we're going to do it as long as we can. Amen? But as the day of the Lord approaches, it'll be like a thief in the night. And we need to understand that Jesus is coming soon. Amen? But let's not be confused about the second coming and the rapture of the true church. The second coming is totally different than the rapture. The rapture is the catching away of the body of Christ, the church. And that's going to come like a thief in the night. I mean, we're, we're going to... I, I believe that. I, I believe it's going to happen. Now, 
I, I told somebody the other day, I said, you know, where, how many knows that we've been, we've been taught it's going to happen any minute, any time, any second? And I do believe we don't know the hour, nor the day, nor the time, nor the second, nor the, the minute, and nothing, we don't know anything about that. But, you know, we do know the seasons we're in. And God has the church here for a purpose still. God put us here for a purpose. The early church was put there for the purpose. And look what they went through. We've been blessed. I said, we've been blessed. Our constitution was founded upon godly principles when they came across the waters. And now those very constitutional pillars of our society are being demolished by the, the atheistic and the, and the devilish and the satanic powers that's operating in leadership today in Washington, D.C. And not only in Washington, D.C., but in states, even in state governments. We saw it happen in Toronto, Canada. I mean, th listen, I, did, I didn't realize that Canada, Canada was so atheistic in some things, but they are very, they're, they're not, they're not, that doesn't mean every Canadian is. I mean, I understand what I'm saying. But as a whole, the government who's in charge is just atheistic, don't believe, and they're ready to kill and persecute and do all they can do. Amen. We're, we're privileged. I mean, glad. We need to pray for the Canadians. We need to pray for those in these other countries. Pray that God will keep them and God will preserve them and God will give them wisdom and God will give them the protection. And he does give them protection. And we thank God for that. But listen, we need to understand that there's the coming of the Lord is different than the, the rapture is different from the second coming of the Lord. The second coming is when he comes, literally from the heavens, with his army behind him. That's the second coming of the Lord. The rapture of the church is a totally different thing. That's the catching away of the church. But I believe the catching away of the church, we... we you know, and it's not because it hadn't happened that we look back and say, well, I knew it wasn't time yet. No, that's not it. God is having certain things to happen. But listen, we're still going to be out of here. The coming of the Lord is going to happen. The rapture of the church is going to happen. And the word rapture is not even in the Bible, by the way. The catching away is. The catching away of the church. But that's what rapture literally means, catching away. And, uh, but, but, you know, we need to understand, we need to be ready at all times. Jesus is coming. And, you know, but God's going to keep the church here as long as he pleases him. Because it's the church that's the salt of the earth. Believers are the salt of the earth. When we're taken out, guess what? There's no salt left in this earth. Because we are the salt of earth. Jesus taught that to his disciples. You, remember when, they, when he resurrected and he came to them and walked through the walls and all this stuff, you know, and they said, oh, is this the time for the kingdom to be restored? And Jesus said, no. First, you're going to be persecuted. You're going to be arrested. You're going to be put in prison. You're going to be beaten. You're going to be killed. Well, that's not what that guy wanted to hear. How many would want to hear that if you went to Jesus and said, Is this the time? Is it? No. You're going to, there's a lot of you are going to be killed. A lot of you going to be persecuted. You're going to give your lives. 
How many knows that's what happened to the early church? They did exactly that. Somebody said, yeah, that's the early church. I'm in the, I'm in the 21st century here. You know, I'm in, the, I, I'm in this century here. You know, and it's not like that. No, 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 no. We're, listen, as long as the church is here, it will be persecuted. Because we're a threat to the devil's kingdom. So persecution is a part of, can I say it? it it's part of our life as believers. Now, some persecute, some of you have been on, you think you've been persecuted on the job because somebody makes fun of you. <laughs> they look at them, you know, and they just make fun. That's not persecution. That's just somebody laughing at you. Persecution is when they come after you. Persecution is when they put you in jail. Hey, did you know there's been Christians right here in America that have been put in jail for things that were not, they had no right to be put in jail for? A lot of it was, uh, they were in, in Christian activity, and they've been put in jail. Now that's persecution. Amen? But you see, the thing is, Jesus told the disciples that day, whoa, I didn't want to hear that, Lord. Uh -huh. But you know, every one of the disciples, did you know every one of them, died a hideous death. Peter was crucified upside down. He, he chose that thing. He was going to be crucified, but he said, I'd rather be crucified upside down. I'm not worthy to be crucified like my Lord. Paul had his head chopped off. Paul was one of the main instigators of the persecution in the beginning. And yet Paul ended up being arrested, put in jail, and yet all these great things happened. Most of the did you know most of the Pauline epistles were written from prison? Most of his letters that we got here was written uh, in prison when he was in prison, being persecuted, and, and and all of this. But you know, Paul, he ended up being with his head chopped off. Amen. Now, don't get scared. I'm not trying to tell you we're going to get our heads chopped off. But if it did, if it did come to that, how many would be willing to lay down your head? Amen? How many of you, because listen, we either believe God or we don't believe God. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So if it comes to that, I'm going to believe God that I have enough grace, enough grace in my life to stand strong and see what God will do. Now I believe there's going to be instances where you're going to be persecuted and God's going to just give you the supernatural uh, way of getting out of things. Amen. I remember John Hagee was standing in his pulpit preaching. A guy came up and, and cut him with a gun, aimed his gun at him, and shot. And that gun was supposed... I mean, all the experts said there's no way that John Hagee should have been standing there and still be alive. But I believe the angels of God are camped around about us. Amen. And he didn't get shot. <laughs> they changed up their security system a little bit. But you know, the thing is, we, we need to understand God is with us. And if it's not our time to go, I'm going to tell you something. You're not going nowhere. But if it's your time to go, lift your hand and say, thank you, Jesus. Because we're ready to go. Amen? We're prepared. And we're ready. But thank God. Well, listen, I'm not going to get done with this this morning. But I'll tell you something. The coming of the Lord is coming upon us. I'm going to get into some things next week. 
there's five different perspectives uh, of looking at this. And uh, 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 when I say in our hearts, we, we look at some things. And, and we're going to see also uh, Israel. We're going to look at the land of Canaan, Israel. And we're going to look at the rapture of the church. We're, gonna, we're getting out of here one day. How many is ready? Do you, how many really is that Jesus is coming soon? I really do. I really do. I'm not going to be mad at my wife. I don't want the Lord to come while I'm mad. Amen. Can't get mad at her anyway. And I don't let her get mad at me. Because she gets over there. And I go there and go. And you know what? she got to laugh. No, we don't have any problems like that. Oh my goodness. How many glad you're saved? How many glad that you're you're gonna hear the trump of God when it happens? When that trump sounds, there's nobody gonna hear it but the believers. Hallelujah. It's not for the world, it's for the believers. One day we're gonna get out of here. Amen. But you know what? I count it a privilege and an honor to be here during this generation. To be here during this time. Because I believe we're witnessing, we're witnessing the end times. We're literally witnessing the end times that many preachers in the 30s and the 40s and the 50s, they saw, but now it's happening. And there's been many of them had visions. I believe they wrote for some of the true prophet of God. Dave Wilkerson saw things and prophesied things and wrote things. And I'll tell you what, it's never missed. It's always been like he said. Well, like God told him. It's not just what he said. It's what God spoke to him and through him. But thank, listen, thank God for the true prophets. Me, I'm just a messenger from the Lord. Amen. I don't claim to know everything, but I want to know as much as I can. I'm going to learn as much as I can. I'm going to glean as much as I can. And I'm going to prepare you as much as I can. Amen? Because Jesus is coming to Lift your hands and thank God this morning for the word and our, our privilege of knowing that Jesus is coming. Praise God. Praise the Lord. I believe it. I believe what God's word declares. Amen. It's ours. Let's stand on our feet. Let's just little sing that little chorus of that song we sang earlier today. We shall see the King. I'm mean, glad we're going to see the King. Oh, we shall see the King. We shall see the King. We shall see the King when He comes. He's coming in power.
we see the signs. God, through the Word of God, we have knowledge of these signs now. We know what they mean and what's going on. Father, we just ask you that you just minister to the hearts of people that have watched today by Facebook Live and those that are here today with us. Let our hearts be prepared. Let it be ready. Let it be ready. Praise God. Father, we, live, we just pray for those that are backslidden. We just pray for those that have not served you and those that have not continued their walk with you, Lord. We just pray that you just stir their hearts today. Not to serve you out of fear of what's happening on this earth, but Lord, to serve you out of love for what Jesus did for them 2,000 years ago. And Lord, we worship you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We'll be here tonight at 6 o'clock. If you want to come join us, we're here. Amen.